0: I'm Rachel Gordon. Welcome to Snapshots Live, our new webinar series at San Francisco Public Works. We'll hear from our colleagues and our partner agencies talking about the projects and programs that San Francisco Public Works is leading. We hope you'll join us every third Thursday of the month to find out more about this virtual initiative that we've just launched. We'll share the link with you where you can find more information. Today's presentation will last about 45 minutes and include time for questions and answers. If you have any questions, be sure to send them to us in the chat function and we'll get to them uh, at the end of the presentation. We're really excited to be talking today about floating fire station number 35. This is the San Francisco Fire Department's fire station on the waterfront. Uh, It's been a key component to keep San Francisco safe for many decades. And we're going to be building a new project that's going to be making San Francisco even more resilient, which is really important since we're in the heart of earthquake country. Our panelists today are Charles Hagaras and Magdalena Ryer from San Francisco Public Works, and from the San Francisco Fire Department, Shane Francisco, Jeff Amdahl, and Don DeWitt. So let's get going. Charles, take it away.
1: Thank you, Rachel. We are I'm very excited to be working on this extremely unique project and I would even venture to say unique in the world and I think by the time we're done with this presentation you'll acknowledge that as well and be equally excited alongside us the city inaugurated the capital planning committee in 2006 its purpose then and now is to identify all of the city's facilities and infrastructure needs and prioritize them for funding as you can well imagine The needs of the city in this regard are considerable. The committee is assembled to consider the capital plan typically meeting twice a month and approves the iteration of the plan every two years. The committee is composed of key city leaders and select city departments. Each iteration of the plan specifically examines the city's department's needs and their status as regards opportunities for funding. In the case of fire and police, their needs are addressed in the section titled Public Safety. The voter-approved general obligation bond is often how funding is sourced for priority projects among city departments. In this slide, you can see that the recently passed version of the Earthquake Safety and Emergency Response Bond, or ESER, for short, was in March of this year. And the the fourth of its kind, the next ESER will occur in 2020. 27. As there is much demand for funding, there is a queue of departments and their project that is scheduled across a 10-year span of time. There is a ceiling of indebtedness that is established for all funding demands within which all these requests for funding must fall. And as you can see from this slide, there are a variety of city departments, each with a stake Uh, in regard to funding across that 10 year span of time. The first Easter bond was passed by the voters in 2010 and thereafter in 2014. And as previously mentioned in March of this year, across these three bonds, dozens of first responder priority projects have been accomplished. Among these have been major capital projects. These include the public safety building, the venue for the police headquarters, fire station number four, and the fire department's arson task force, the office of chief medical examiner, and the currently under construction traffic company and forensic services division project for the police department. The project that is the topic of this snapshot session is fireboat station 35 located at pier 22 and one half. I'd like to now turn to Captain Shane Francisco for the fire department's comments on this very unique and, as I said, very exciting firefighting asset. Captain. Good
2: afternoon, everybody. My name is Shane Francisco. I'm a captain here at Station 35 on Engine 35. This is also where we house fireboat number three and fireboat number one. Um, so, our as we speak, our fireboat just got a bay rescue call, so our pilot Jeff Amdahl has has left to uh, pilot the boat for the bay rescue, and I'm going to stay here and I will continue with the meeting. So uh, we'll go to our first slide here. So a little history on Station 35 is Station 35 was built for the Panama Pacific International Exposition back in 1915, and you can see that original construction photo there on the bottom right, and then a little bit later, years later, uh, as it sits now at Pier 22 and a half. Uh, on the Embarcadero. And so uh, originally our first fireboats here were the Governor Irwin and the Governor Markham. Uh, they were in service from 1878 to 1909. Then we got the David Scannell and the Dennis T. Sullivan, which are considered sister ships. And they were in service for quite some time, uh, from 1909 to 1954. So and then in 1954, we got uh, the Phoenix, which I'll talk about in just a few minutes. <clears throat> So here at Station 35, uh, an engine company began operations here back in 1918, uh, and it operated here until 1970 uh, due to budget cuts. It was engine nine at the time. And sorry, we got sirens in the background here. So uh, yeah, budget cuts, uh, the engine company was cut in 1970. Then in 1980, uh, Engine 35 was put in service here at the quarters of uh, Station 35 at Pier 22 and a half. Uh, We had some renovations going on between 2006 and 2012, and the company was relocated to Station 13. But since 2012, Engine 35 has been back in quarters operating here since. So uh, Station 35 is the oldest firehouse in the San Francisco Fire Department and is the last remaining house with a circular staircase there, as you can see in the bottom right-hand photo. That's in our communications room and dining room here at station 35. And the reason we had circular staircases back in the day was to prevent the horses from coming upstairs following its officer up, up to its bedroom. So uh, we still have that. We still have it. It's the only way up and down to the station uh, as it was built over 100 years ago. Um, but now we have a new project and we're going to talk about that as we move along here. So currently our active fireboats are the Phoenix, which was commissioned in 1954 for the San Francisco Fire Department. And the Phoenix uh, can pump about 9,000 gallons a minute. It is still in operation thanks to the great work that our uh, marine engineers do on this boat. They continually uh, work on this very hard. And that's the reason a boat that's 50 years old is still in service and and still serves the city to this day. On the right, you see the St. Francis. This was commissioned in 2015. This is a state-of-the-art fireboat. It is the largest fireboat in San Francisco Bay. It pumps about 18,000 gallons a minute that'll fill your bathtub up in about two seconds. So, a very capable boat, and uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more. So, uh, the Phoenix was made the big hero during the 1989 Loma Prieta earthquake and the big fire in the marina. Uh, The fire boat came into the marina, and civilians helped us out, and they ran the hose from the the Phoenix, and they ran the hose to where the fire was in the marina district that helped put out that fire in the marina. So, uh, the Phoenix gained great notoriety at that time, and it has been called the savior of the marina. So, it's still in service to this day and serving us well. The primary purpose of the fireboats in San Francisco, yes, it is to put out fires as you see out in uh, with pleasure craft and boats, uh, th- those kinds of fires and pure fires, but it has another purpose. And we found that out in the 1989 Loma Prieta earthquake, and that was, we need this fireboat to be a floating fire hydrant, to be an endless supply of water in the bay and supply multiple facets here in the city. So the fireboat can help supply what's called the AWSS, that's the Auxiliary Water Supply System, also a capital improvement project with DPW. So the fireboat has the ability to connect its hoses into the manifold, which you see there on the left. These manifolds are located in different sections of the waterfront along the San Francisco uh, waterfront area. And through that system, we can supply the high pressure uh, water system there, the AWSS, which is that big barrel hydrant you see on the right. You see these around town, and we can augment that system by pumping water into it. We can also pump into what's called a portable water supply system. And we can set that up at various locations throughout the city and the fire boat can be one of the supply sources for that. So we have a big emphasis on supplying water for firefighting purposes during earthquakes here. And that's one of the main purposes of that fire boat. It's built to be on station, an incident for three days without needing refuel. So to do that the St. Francis has a fuel tank of 10,000 gallons so it can stay on station for three days straight and pump water as needed uh, for the San Francisco Fire Department. So how do we staff station 35? Uh, So we have an engine company here, engine 35, that has an officer which is either a lieutenant or a captain and it has three firefighters assigned. Those four people do normal engine company stuff that you see us out there every day doing. We do medical calls, uh, wrecks on the bay bridge, fires, and so forth. So just like a normal engine company. On the boat, we have a fire department officer as well. Again, a lieutenant or captain. We have a certified marine pilot and a certified marine engineer. Those three are always on the boat. They can never leave the station. They are tied to the boat always. When the boat goes out, the crew of Engine 35 becomes the the deckhands of that boat. And we help operate the things on the outside, the turrets, uh, rescuing people in the water, launching our skiff, and so forth. If Engine 35 is at another call and a call for the boat comes in, well, then we dispatch the next closest engine company and they will come and serve as the deckhands for the fireboat. So the fireboat is always available to go out when needed. So here's some shots of... uh, some of the calls we've had in recent times, uh, everything from pleasure craft out there on the bay to when we had 30 people in the water during at the end of fleet week a few years ago. Also, we had a fire in the Bay Bridge and it was inaccessible. It was the catwalk underneath the Bay Bridge, and the only thing that could get to it was St. Francis. and We pumped water very high distance up and put out the fire on the bottom of the Bay Bridge. So We're doing a lot of things. You can see the run totals there that we have. On average, I would say the fireboat does about 275 calls a year. Uh, And that is why the people who work at this station right here, we love working on the fireboat. We love being out on the bay, doing the the marine environment. Uh, It's it's very enjoyable for us being out there. Sometimes it's not all rosy. Sometimes we have that call at two o'clock in the morning and it's storming and raining. Sorry, an ambulance is going by. And it can be cold out there, but that comes with uh, the territory. And but we love it. We love working here. It's a historic station. Uh, there's great history inside here. There's uh, artifacts from uh, its entire life of uh, being in operation here at the station. So we just love working here, the great character and all. But the station is was built over 100 years ago, and it doesn't do well for modern IT infrastructure and things like that. Uh, so we got this new project coming. Uh, I want to talk briefly about some of the other marine resources you may see out there on the bay. And so at the marina district, we have water rescue craft, otherwise known as jet skis. We have two of those stationed in the marina. We have the boat you see there on top. That's called rescue boat one. That's a jet drive catamaran boat. It can go up to about 38 knots. It has a 2,000 gallon per minute pump on it. So it has some additional firefighting capability. Um, it's also our dive boat, so we can launch dive operations from that boat as well. Uh, there on the bottom left, you see Rescue Boat 2. That's a 25-foot, what's called a safe boat. There's no firefighting capability on this. It's there for immediate and rapid rescue of uh, persons in the water on the bay. So these are the other resources you see out there. We have them deployed in special events and to respond to uh, persons in the water and bay rescue calls. So uh, very recently, we just had uh, the Pier 45 fire, a very large fire, and uh, the St. Francis got to show off there a bit, and we pumped millions of gallons of water uh, onto the Pier fire there, as you can see, uh, and it was instrumental in protecting the USS Jeremiah O'Brien. The fireboat came in there, and right where you see that picture, the fireboat nosed in there, and uh, we trained our giant monitors. That's what we call the big guns up, up there on the bow and on the pilot house. and we. Uh, deployed water into that structure to protect the Jeremiah O'Brien, which was successful The Jeremiah O'Brien, really got out of there unscathed for the most part. So here you can see uh, on the right, you have the St. Francis uh, applying water and the moose boat, rescue boat one, also uh, applying water onto it as well. So uh, we're able to utilize both marine assets uh, to fight this fire. And a little bit later in the fire, we actually brought in a second crew to staff the Phoenix and they came in there and they were uh, pouring water on there as well. So uh, we we're able to use all of our main resources at the Pier 45 fire. So we've been talking about this, the station is old. It's got great character. We love it. We love working here, uh, but it is old. It, it is over a hundred years old. So we have this new station and this new station is gonna give us some great new capabilities. So having the crew and the boats right there on this floating structure is going to give us great access and readiness to the boats to deploy quickly. It will give us faster response times. Uh, the new design will allow the ambulances to come down the ramp and get onto the float itself, and we can transfer patients that we bring in right to the ambulance uh, in a much safer and more expedient way, uh, hopefully, providing better outcomes for patients and getting them off to the hospital uh, faster. It also, by having a float in the boat there, will always be consistent as sea level rises and as the tide uh, comes and goes, will always be very consistent for boarding and offloading of that uh, of the fireboats. So as it is now, it constantly moves. We have a, a ladder that we have to adjust. Um, so the new setup will be much more consistent and easier and safer uh, operation for us. So with that also, with the new structure, we have – a new workshop and modern amenities to handle modern IT uh, capabilities, uh, workshop. Our Marine engineers do a lot of the fabrication of parts for these boats. And that's why these boats stay in service for so long because of the great work they do. But now they're gonna have a modern workshop to help keep that uh, up to speed and more efficient operations. The new station also will have a command center room for us. And in that command center room, we'll be able to do special events training rooms, Uh, we'll have to build a whole regional maritime meetings, and it'll become a focal point on the bay for the rescuers all over the bay. We'll be able to meet here, have meetings, get our game plans together, run special events, and have a consistent place to do that. Now also with a new facility, it has the room to accommodate additional staffing. So in the future, if the fire department wants to increase the staffing and put more resources there, this new project will provide this. It'll allow us to put additional boats here, whether it's uh, fast boats or jet skis and additional people. It can house the people and house the resources. It can take us into the coming decades for capabilities out there on the Bay. So our last thing here, uh, if you got questions, please send them in. Uh, If you can help us out with this fire, we keep trying to put this fire out every day, but every morning it keeps coming back in a different spot in the bay, uh, but we keep trying. Anyway, that's a little joke. Uh, With that, I'd like to turn it over to uh, Magdalena, and we look forward to your questions.
3: Uh, Hello, everybody, Magdalena Ryer, and I'm a project manager uh, for this exciting, exciting uh, Fireboat Station 35. So happy to be part of it. Uh, so, as you can see, this is the existing station. That's how it looks right now, and it will be a different look when we are done with it. Uh, however, the engine will still be deployed from the existing historic uh, fire, fire Station 35. So, early in the design, there were uh, three um, um, options to choose from. Uh, uh, people were thinking about uh, building the facility on a concrete barge. Uh, perhaps on the fixed pier, and then a steel barge with guide piles and ramp, and that third solution uh, was the most economic uh, and and also the one that was supporting the uh, sea level rise, and that was the the option that was selected. And this slide is just to show you the analysis that were conducted for the sea level rise and projected uh, water levels in 50 and 70 years from 2020 So as you can see, uh, this station will be able to go up um, all the way to uh, 2,100, I mean, 2,100 year um, um, and and still be functional. Uh, This slide is to give you just an idea how many uh, uh, regulatory agencies and agencies having jurisdiction uh, participate in in the process uh, of issuing uh, re- reviews and approvals for this project. It was an enormous effort uh, for the entire team uh, to present this project and also uh, fine tune it and change and revise. Uh, we were, uh, for example, um, levied several mitigated measures from BCVC BC, um, before they issued a permit, which I will mention a little bit later. So here's the, uh, the site plan and um, the area that you see in uh, yellow uh, shows new public access and it's uh, 3,600 uh, 3, square feet of the new public access that will be provided with this project. Uh, the area in the white that you see around the existing firehouse that will be only uh, accessible for the firefighters that is 2,100 square feet. And, uh, the, and there's one exception in the yellow area is the um, rectangle on the south side of the existing uh, station, which is approximately 1,000 square feet. That area will be fenced off during the night and will be available to public only during the day. Um, you will see it later on, on the rendering. Uh, there will be informational um, panels located um, on that, uh, in that area um, discussing uh, history of uh, fire department and their operations. This area, the observation deck area, it's it's a new observation deck, uh, and there will be, in the middle of it, there will be an art piece which I will also show uh, later. Um, And one more thing I wanted to mention is also that Uh, There are uh, three uh, classifications for occupancy for this facility. It's the business, um, the storage low hazard, and also uh, residential. Second floor is mostly residential. And half of the first floor, maybe I would say one third rather, is is the business and the Bosun uh, um, area and the rescue boat bay. These are considered to be S2 which is storage low hazard. Overall square footage is a two-story building, uh, 14,837 square feet, and the float itself uh, is 16,625 square feet. And um, the, uh, the float is connected to the uh, observation deck via the access ramp, as you can see on the drawing, and also the gangway is connecting the float to the existing uh, firehouse for use by uh, the firefighters only. And these are just our pre elevations. Um, very quickly, insulated metal uh, panels, Centria panels uh, on the outside with operable window system. You can also see, um, and this is the north elevation, and you can also see seal observation deck uh, that is overseeing the bay. Um, And we have aluminum overhead doors and um, curtain wall. And then you can see ski jets there um, and the crane. And uh, this is the south elevation and uh, same finishes, a very similar uh, elevation. This is all in a silver marine grade finish. Uh, Here you can see the um, west and east elevations. Uh, the the elevation on the left-hand side is the entrance, uh, which will be facing west, and the elevation on the right-hand side, this is facing the bay, and you can see the observation deck there, and at the uh, second floor, that's the day room and kitchen. Here are the renderings. Um, So the the area when you see people uh, standing there, that's the uh, new observation deck. Um, and, um, and you see also uh, eight-foot non-scalable fence and the guardrails. Uh, this is the South uh, apron area that I described before that will be closed during, uh, during the night, but will be folded and accessible to the public during the day. Uh, This is the rendering from the northwest side. Uh, You see the the entrance to the facility and the moored boats and the existing uh, historic Fire Station 35. Um, We also wanted to show you a few uh, photographs from China where the uh, float was fabricated. And uh, this this is our float. It has 20 compartments. And it's huge. Uh, please take a look at the uh, people uh, for the scale. You, you, so you can uh, imagine how enormous that float actually is. And the next flight, uh, yes, it's also the float. And this was a very happy occasion. And the third week of January, the float arrived from China to uh, Bay Area and was offloaded from Jumbo. and this beautiful yellow cranes, uh, huge, uh, offloaded it and um, actually we have uh, the three and a half minute uh, video uh, posted on YouTube uh, so you can uh, witness it yourself. Uh, This is another photo of of, of offloading the float and which was then uh, taken to uh, Pier 1 at Treasure Island where the facility was uh, constr- started to be constructed and uh, we are approximately 65 uh, percent into the construction 70 and uh this is how it looks it looked two weeks ago uh this is this is the um west uh, northwest elevation um this is uh this is the uh let's see west uh, south elevation south elevation and this is this is also the construction of pile driving started at the existing um, uh, fire station thirty five We have uh, four guide piles who are five feet in diameter they are already installed not shown on the drawing yet and four uh, 36 inches in diameter piles that will support uh, the observation deck. And here are the renderings for the uh, art piece that I was uh, talking about before. Uh, so it will have an area in the middle to, to, to sit and this very light, beautiful structure will have uh, glass panels uh, in the middle there. You can see them. Uh, which will project um, photographs from the history of the fire station and uh, their operations and that there's more of the uh, slides from a different angle I, I think it's it's spectacular I think uh, the artist uh, the studio uh, hood studio design did a very good job and we estimate that uh, the project will be completed as spring of 2021. And with that, I think we are open to questions.
4: All right, thank you very much to all of our panelists for giving us the rundown on this unique new project. Uh, My name is Ben Peterson. I'm on the Public Works Communications team, and I'm gonna be facilitating the question and answer portion of today's webinar. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, if anyone has any questions for any of our presenters, um, you can either ask them just through the chat, or through the Q&A function at the bottom of your screen. Um, the first question comes from um, Rachel Gordon, who asked in the chat, um, what's going to happen to the other building on the site, and is that part of the project that we're currently doing right now? And by that, I think she means the original uh, Station 35 structure.
2: So the old station will remain in place. It is a historical landmark, so it can't be changed in that respect. Uh, the engine will still respond out of that station. And a little little note here on that engine. Uh, that engine, because this is a such an old building, the apparatus bay is actually very narrow and short. So the engine that we have here is actually narrower and shorter than a modern engine. Uh, this engine is from 2002. It's serving us well, but it is specially ordered uh, to fit in there. Uh, so it is a historical landmark. Engine will still respond. The old firehouse will
4: remain as... To house that uh, engine oh wow that is a interesting tidbit that you have to use a, a custom ordered um fire trucks is to fit into the station um following up uh magdalena you might have more insight into this aspect of it um did were there any uh complications that came up due to the fact that station 35 is a historical structure like throughout the construction process oh well i wouldn't
3: call them complications it, it just uh, originally, we were not anticipating any construction at the existing station, uh, which proved to be uh, not uh, feasible. <laughs> we had to address uh, public access area, for example, that was mandated by uh, BCDC. They would not issue as a permit. So um, so yeah, we, there, I, yeah, you can call it a complication that we overcame, we provided the public access. Um, and rather than than that, I think it was only on the outside of the, um, we are not uh, renovating or doing anything inside.
4: Nothing we couldn't handle, that's for sure.
3: <laughs> Nothing we couldn't handle, exactly.
4: <laughs> Great, thank you. Um, our next question, um, this one's from an anonymous attendee, but uh, this is for um, Shane, most likely as well. Um, for uh, the firefighters who um, will be, um, sleeping in the, the new station, when the uh, waters are rough and where the conditions are rough, right on the water there, um, is it difficult for people um, to sleep when they're trying to sleep or um, is there, are there any other, compl- or maybe not complications, but any other unique aspects of um, living and working on uh, this unique station?
2: Well, interesting question. Uh, since this is the first of its kind to have a fire station that's floating on the water, um, that remains to be known yet. Uh, We know these barges or the float is rather large. It will be anchored. Uh, I would expect the the motion to be minimal, uh, but we'll see. This is actually a fairly rough spot here at station 35. Um, We've had to move the boats in the past because of how rough it can get here. So we'll see how this plays out. It's something that uh, we don't quite know. We can look at data and, and make an educated guess, but how it actually is gonna play out, we're not sure. All right. So, uh, but, you know, if you work on a boat, you should be used
4: to it, right? That is true. You get your sea legs after a while. That's right.
2: <laughs> um, and I, don't know, maybe I, Jeff, I don't know, Jeff has a little more experience. Is there
5: anything? As you say, it's yet to be seen. So <laughs> it's going to be ballasted down, so it should be fairly stable. But okay. winter times can be a little tough out here. All right,
4: thanks. Um, this question, I think, um, is, I guess, an open one. Um, or maybe it might be best for Magdalena or Charles. Um, uh, is this the only fire station that uh, floating fire station that we know about, or are there others in other cities that we might have drawn some um, design or um, you know inspiration from um, that
1: have been in use in the past? Well, let me jump on that one and then ask Magdalena to uh, to join me. Sure. Um, to our best understanding, there are no other floating fire stations. Uh, certainly in the United States and, to our understanding, elsewhere in the world. Um, There are certainly many uh, facilities or buildings that are on uh, floats or barges uh, around the world for different purposes. I mean, I've seen um, stadiums on uh, floats. I've seen all manner of building on floats, but this is the first fire uh, station-related Function that we have seen on a float. And for all the good reasons that were described earlier, uh, it's very um, well aligned with the expectation for how we expect sea level rise to occur. And to the previous point, um, while we can't be 100% certain regarding how the float will respond to wave action, especially during storms, uh, we have early opinion from uh, engineering Uh, consultants who suggested it won't be such that it would cause great upset but of course everyone is as susceptible as they might be to uh, the movement that one uh, normally sort of would experience on a boat Uh, so that that is a remain to be seen.
4: All right thank you and uh, did you say Magdalena would have anything else to add on to that or? what? I would invite her to add. Okay (laughs) yeah.
3: I, I, well, I can co- echo what Charles just said. Uh, however, I do know that perhaps there's one more fire station that's located on the water in Tokyo. I think, because at one time I, did, I googled it just to make sure that we are very unique, and and I think I found only one in Tokyo, but th- this is to be confirmed. Please so, go, Google. It. Okay.
4: So either one of one in the world or one of two which is still a very very unique um, structure for sure um, kind of piggybacking off of that question um, this might be again best for Magdalena um, were there any additional like environmental concerns um, or environmental obstacles that came up during the um, construction process due to the fact that you're building right on the bay I know there's um, you know a lot of regulatory processes sometimes that can that can come yeah. up
3: during that were there any Absolutely, and we had to get a permit uh, from the water board, and also the in-water construction can only be conducted from June 1st to November 30th, so the schedule, construction schedule had to be arranged in such a way that we would hit this window. Uh, That's why we started pile driving only a month ago, um, because you cannot construct in the water outside of these months. So that that was done. And that's why also um, one of the mitigation measures from BCDC was to remove um, demolish partially uh, Pier 70. And so uh, power engineering has a separate crew doing it uh, at the same time as they were pilot driving at Pier 22 and a half. So that was the only uh, constraint. And it has to do with, uh, you know, the habitat, the animals, uh, bats, uh, birds, stuff like that.
4: Great, uh, thank you. So, and you mentioned the um, the window that you could do um, construction in in the water itself was only through from June first to November first. Um, is that right. due to um, like what? Yeah, the, the, uh, the reasoning behind that. Yeah,
3: the reasoning is the animals. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, that I mentioned the birds, the bats, the seals, um, their habitat, and what they. Go through during that time; they are not supposed to be disturbed.
4: Okay, great. Thanks for uh, for clearing that up. Um, the next question I have is um, about the, uh, the fireboats, and so I guess best for Shane um, and or Jeff. Um, are there any plans for additional new fireboats? Um, you mentioned that the Phoenix has been in use since 1954, which is a remarkably long time for anything to be working, um, especially something as uh, you know in high use as a, a fireboat. Um, Do you know of any plans to um, add a new fireboat onto the fleet or um, eventually retire the Phoenix or um, if there's any updates on that end?
2: Well, uh, I think things are always being looked at. That's what you do uh, when you're planning well in the Department for Response. You do have to plan ahead. Uh, Right now, we don't have any actual plans to get additional new boats at this time, but that can change in a heartbeat, Um, so we're always looking. Uh, we're looking ways to fund it uh, you know boats can be very expensive uh, we have the port security grant which we try to get uh, things with and that's was a big funding factor for the saint francis was a port security grant by fema so uh i think it's things we're looking at now that we have this new station it's something that has to be considered and uh, what we'll be looking at
4: so. all right thanks um and kind of following up on that um you mentioned a few times that the saint francis has a much higher um, I guess, hose capacity and it can pump a lot more water than the Phoenix and some of the older boats. Um, And it looks, uh, just from the looks of it, has a little bit of a different design. Um, But were there any other um, new features on the St. Francis that makes it really, you know, uh, a lot different than previous designs or more, um, you know, efficient or easier to use or anything like that? I think it's a lot
2: easier to use, but I think I have the right person sitting next to me who can talk about actually driving the boat and the differences between the old one and the new one in addition to the the pump capability and our ability to uh rescue people out of the water so uh, here's jeff pilot jeff Amble. yeah hi uh
5: yeah hi, well we when we designed the boat uh one of the main things is we can pump more water but we also have a five inch we have 10 five inch outlets so we can actually it's, it pumps 18 gallons a minute this is one of the few fireboats that can actually get that much water to shore Uh, at at any given time. When we designed it also for the wheelhouse, I designed it with uh, 360 degree degree, uh, visibility, so it's safer when we're uh, operating in close quarters and stuff like that. Um, I think basically handling characteristics, it's light years ahead of the other boats just because of the design. It's it's, uh, wider. Um, We put uh, big rudders on it and uh, propellers. So all in all, we we also added in a lot of the new technology with, uh, you know, in-dash FLIR cameras and um, we put a bow thruster on this one so I can maneuver better. Uh, All in all, just, uh, yeah, light years ahead of the the 1951 and 1954 version.
4: Yeah, I I can imagine anything from comparing 1954 to 2018 is like night and day, so. Yeah. Great. We also have actually a a third um, representative from the fire department here today, um, Deputy Chief Don DeWitt, who actually has a few uh, comments she'd like to make about the uh, fireboat fleets as well. So, Don, if you'd like to um, give us a little, uh, little information. Hi,
0: Hi, everybody. Yeah, it's Assistant Deputy Chief Don DeWitt of Support Services. Um, I just want to say that we, while we do not have funding for a new third boat at this time, we are always seeking funding for boats. Uh, The Guardian has reached a point where it's, you know, it's very old. And while it's like an old 57 Chevy, it runs really well. It just does not serve our purposes any longer. So we will definitely be looking to replace the Guardian with a newer uh, fireboat that has a greater capacity of, you know, flow and just capabilities very much like the St. Francis. And actually, I've just been called away. I'm sorry, I'm kind of working on an emergency and I will have to leave the webinar now. So Thank you for your time and thank you, Shane and Jeff and everybody for putting this together. Thank you, Magdalena, for everything.
4: Thank you very much, Don. We appreciate your, uh, your comments. We have um, time for maybe one or two more questions. So if you have any, um, anyone in attendance would like to ask anything. Um, the next question I think might be best for Magdalena. Um, you mentioned the uh, three design options for the, the barge that were in consideration at the beginning of the project. Um, But were there any other interesting uh, design or architecture elements that were considered but not ultimately adopted into the project that um, you'd like to let us know about?
3: Um, I'm going to defer to Charles because I joined (laughs) later. So he knows more about the the design phase uh, than I do. He was there in flesh and blood. So, Charles, I'm punting to you.
1: Yeah, let me uh, take the opportunity to describe the delivery model for this project. I think it's been alluded to, but uh, bears maybe a little bit more clarification. Uh, this is a design, build, solicitation, or project delivery model, which is to say that the city's Um, architects and engineers established the criteria, working, of course, with the fire department to establish the necessary attributes and characteristics of the station. And we we published that uh, within a solicitation for uh, a combined design and builder entity or design build entity. And so in that respect, then, we we set the the tone, if you will, the expectation at a a necessary level of description. And then we leave it up to the ingenuity, the creativity, the responsibility of the design team and the builder team to assemble the final resolution of all of that, which we've described as important to the fire department. And so we retained an entity, um, Swinnerton Builders, with um, Shaw Kawasaki Architects. Out of Oakland and they combine to form what's called the design build entity. So basically they took, as I said, our inspiration, if you will, through description, prescriptive or performance description and they um, uh, generated the design which you now see. We've been very fortunate to have established uh, great alignment and conformance between what it is that we requested or required and what it is that they're delivering to us. Um, So uh, again, I hope that's responsive to the question.
4: Yeah, no, I think that that definitely sheds light on on the the larger process and how that, um, you know, things kind of have been working out. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, It looks like we're just about out of time if we don't have any more questions. So I am going to pass it back to Rachel Gordon, who is going to be giving the concluding remarks.
0: Thank you, Ben. And really, thank you all the panelists on this. It really is a, a treat to hear about this unique project that Public Works and the Fire Department has been involved in. Um, you know, thank you very much to, to uh, Shane and to Jeff and to Don from the fire department and Magdalena and Charles from Public Works. And really a big thank you to San Francisco voters for supporting the Easter bond that allows us to keep our city moving forward to keep it safe for everyone. Snapshots Live is an episode. Uh, this is the latest episode of Snapshots Live. We are going to continue it every third Thursday of the month. Next month, we're going to be talking about the Jefferson Streetscape Project in Fisherman's Wharf. So you hope you, we hope you tune in for that. Uh, this episode has been recorded for future viewing. Uh, be sure to keep, keep engaged with us. Let us know what else you'd like to learn about. We really want to make sure that people know what's happening in San Francisco. So thanks again for joining us. We had about 100 people who were here. We want to keep this program building.